Six years ago today, Des caught it. Des caught it, Alex. He caught it. He did. And you know what else? I caught COVID, but I'm out tomorrow. I'm very happy. Thank you for asking. Not. You didn't, but that's okay. Well, that was my segue. That was, you just stole my segue. Even though we've had two intros. Speaking of catching, Alex caught COVID. And you are now about to be released into the real world. Uh, which is the last thing anyone wants to see is you running around like a wild animal in the real, real world again. But you're about to be released. So how you feeling? As you want to I'm, so rudely assume that I wasn't going to ask, how are you feeling, my friend? I'm doing very well. I can taste 80% and smell 80%, I'd say. Uh, you know, I've been very... Now, what constitutes 80%? Uh, out of 100%. So that would mean 20% of my taste is still not there. Yeah. So what can't you I, taste? I can taste. Just like not spices? Ex- like just if something's not spicy. Extent, if, if something something's was like so wicked plain, spicy. If I gave you a ghost pepper so right plain, now. If something was so plain, I couldn't taste it. If you gave me, yes, I could certainly taste a ghost pepper. My macaroni and cheese that I had, I could taste it at about an 80% rate. So... Considering that, I think I'm doing all right. Might want to call you an analytics guy now. Yeah, 80%. 80% of 100%. Less than 100. Sure is. But, Alex, at least you had something to watch as you were cooped up in your room all week. And, yes, and again, week. again, as you interrupted, even though we're on Skype now, which is totally minor league JV right now, which sucks, but uh, it is what it is. Not being face to face in the studio. Or not being one of us being able to be in the studio and recording audio there. But I was very spoiled during my quarantine. There was a lot to watch on TV, certainly. So very excited, or I was excited for our Super Wild Card weekend. Uh, just about every team won that I really thought would. So no, no really big surprises other than maybe the Ravens. I don't know. Maybe the Seahawks, too. Four and two, I'd call my record probably. The but- Ravens are actually favorites, but like. For us, you know, the average fan that we look at it, we're like, whoa, Titans aren't favored in this one. The Titans beat them in the playoffs last year, beat them earlier in the season in overtime. Uh, kind of shocked me a little bit. I, You know, I, I was on the Titans bandwagon in this game and uh, surely bit me. You know, when they went up two possessions, I was like, uh-oh, does Lamar Jackson have it in him? Does he have it in him? I don't think so. Turns out, I mean, he sure did. And, you know, that's what happens when you only put up – uh, 13 points on offense if you're the Tennessee Titans. And a defense that really hasn't been good all year, they held them to 20 points. They held the Ravens to 20 points, and your offense just couldn't complement your defense. It has, been the alt- it has been the opposite all year round for the Tennessee Titans, and just that's a, rep- a recipe for failure when you only put up 13 points in the playoffs. So I guess that's a good place to start for us. 20-13, to 13, the Ravens beat the Tennessee Titans. You know... Obviously, you don't get the Polar Express, as you like to call him, Derrick Henry going, which is, I think it's about time we retire that nickname. Yeah, 18 uh, carries for 40 yards. Uh, yeah, might have to retire the Polar Express until next November, December. Uh, then we can talk about it again. We'll see. I mean, that dude has rushed for 2,000 yards in back-to-back season, so we can't fully, like, we'll put him in punishment. We'll put him in punishment because, like, yesterday's performance was just not acceptable by you, Derrick Henry. Not acceptable. Things we can leave leave in 2020 is definitely the Polar Express nickname. Uh, Definitely keep that there. 
you know, I never wanted to step on your neck and step on the joke or whatever it might be. Not a great nickname, so we're definitely going to leave it in the 2020. I don't know what else you want to call him. King Henry? I mean, he's Derrick Henry. I mean, he's a force to be reckoned with, and he was not a force to be reckoned with, averaging 2.2 yards a carry against the Ravens, but Lamar Jackson less than stellar day as well. I don't see the Ravens going very far after this round. No, and the Ravens actually had 236 rush yards. That is the most in a playoff game in their franchise history. And that's what's going to happen when you have a guy like Lamar Jackson. You saw him try throwing the ball down the field. It was not pretty. It was no, not, not pretty whatsoever. It was just like somebody picked that thing off in the air. Like it was like a, a flying duck and it just floated down dead. Lamar Jackson, 16 rushes, 136 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he's leading the way. By a long shot, the next closest rusher was J.K. Dobbins with 43 yards. So Lamar Jackson's carrying the load in the backfield um, for the Ravens, and that's what, that's how you're going to rack up those rushing yards. And, you know, that when he doesn't have to throw the ball, when he can run, that's how he wins games. That's Lamar Jackson runs the ball, and that's exactly what he did. And, you know, when you let him be the running back he is, that's what's going to happen. He certainly, as you've deemed him, has been the running back, and he certainly showed it. Against the Titans. Titans go home. They're playing golf. A surprising exit for guys like us. I think that uh, certainly the Titans would have been able to handle the Ravens, but uh, we were wrong, certainly. And this was a team of Tennessee Titans that we thought, you know, would be on their way to play the Chiefs in uh, in Arrowhead. Obviously, that's not the case now with Cleveland going to Arrowhead, which they don't stand a snowball's chance in hell, but we'll get to that Um Ryan Tannehill has a another quiet game as he did most of the playoffs last year. What he was, he was quiet in the playoffs. It was he kind of rode the back of Derrick Henry, and I think they kind of tried getting back to what they did last year. I mean, Tannehill, eighteen of twenty-six, one hundred sixty-five yards, a touchdown and a pick. I mean, last year, what he throw just over a hundred yards when they played the Ravens in the playoffs. Right. It was all in the back of Derrick Henry, and you know they tried getting back to that. That's what worked for them last year, and. They just never got King Henry going. You know, he busted that one run um, off the left tackle. He busted it for about eight yards. And we're like, oh, hold on, hold on. Because, you know, he's the type of guy where you can hand the ball um, on the Tennessee 20, and he'll take it all the way. And, you know, he can always bust it open. And, you know, they tried to get back to that formula that worked for them last year, and it just did not quite work. Nope, not at all. And you obviously they figured out how to stop Henry. The Ravens did. They get a victory 2013, pretty moderate scoring, I think, lower scoring than I think most people would have, as I believe the over-under was 50-whatever. I don't know how to, how many points it was. I really didn't get to look at it close enough. But Ravens squeak out a win in Tennessee, mind you. Tennessee having fans as well, the home field advantage. Not going in their favor this time, 2013. Ravens do win. Where do you want to move on to next? Uh, we'll move on to the uh, actual, the, the first game of the, um, the Super Wild Card Weekend. That was number seven, Indianapolis Colts at the number two, Buffalo Bills. Uh, Buffalo went in this game 27-24. to 24. Bills offense, they kind of showed what they can do. They showed exactly what they can do. Um, Josh Allen, 26-35, 324 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Stephon Diggs, six receptions, 128 yards and a touchdown. He had a unbelievable grab from a dot um, in the third quarter uh, from Josh Allen. So, I mean, the Bills did what they did. And um, 
really not a surprise in this one, maybe just that it was actually as close as it was. Yeah, Indy turning it on in the second half, or mostly the fourth quarter, rather. You know what? Good for them to keep it close. I would have thought that the Bills would have steamrolled through them. They keep it close in the fourth quarter, obviously. Philip Rivers, I think it's uh, time to call it a gosh darn career for old Phil. It sure is. It sure is time for Phil to call it a career. Um, you know, the, the Colts had their chances. You know, they Rodrigo Blankenship missing a field goal um, early in the game. Uh, they went forward on fourth down. I mean, Rivers throws the ball 46 times, completes 27 passes for 309 yards and two touchdowns. Not a bad game from Phillip Rivers, but uh, it's certainly time for him to call it a quits. I'd have trouble seeing uh, Indianapolis go with him again next year. Uh, obviously, being an older quarterback, you have a younger team. I think it's time to get your own quarterback, kind of get your own franchise guy. And I, I think Phillip Rivers did his job as uh, the one-year holder that we would assume he is uh, going 11-5, and five, making the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, it might be time for um, old Phillip Rivers to call it a career here. On the other side, Buffalo going to be hosting Baltimore. I think we all see how that one's going to go, to be honest. I think you're absolutely right. I know this uh, this Ravens defense held the Titans um, to only 13 points. As we said, a Titans offense that was pretty good uh, for most of the season. But, you know, this Josh Allen-led Buffalo Bills offense has been incredible all year. Uh, and I just don't think Lamar Jackson and the Ravens can keep track with them. Um, it's probably going to be a shootout, if I had to guess, uh, with these two offenses, two young quarterbacks. But I think we know how that's going to go. We'll dive into those deeper later in the week. But as you said, Baltimore going to Buffalo. Bills Mafia hosting a divisional game, one game away from the AFC Championship game. Actually, Sunday was their first playoff win since 1995. So it's been a long time coming. And again, no folding tables were safe in Buffalo on Saturday. Nope, they were not. And I don't know if I can really segue out of tables or we can segue out of tables to keep this moving. But the only table that the Rams were using was the hospital table. But they still win 30 to 20, coming off the expense of losing John Walford Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup at all points in the game. Hospital bet is right, Alex. As you said, you know, John Wolford getting knocked out in the first or second drive. We saw the pictures of him in the ambulance. We saw him wheezing at his neck. Good news is uh, he was on the sideline to celebrate with his team's fall, uh, following the game. Uh, Jared Goff comes in. Broken thumb and all, finishes 9 of 19, 155 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he comes in with a broken thumb doesn't turn the ball over and gets the win. Can you expect any less? Can you, can you be, can you expect any more rather from Jared Goff? I mean, that's exactly what you'd want as a relief emergency quarterback. You know, I was, I was surprised to see Goff stepping at such a needed time, especially with the thumb. Uh, the, the Rams are just hanging on by a thread in all honesty. I mean, you look at Wolford going down, Donald going down, Cup going down and Goff having to come in 11 days off of surgery and winning a game in Seattle. I mean, it, I know there's no fans, home field advantage. You want to talk about that all day. Who really cares? Goff gets the win off of the bench. He was, you know, Wolford has given the Rams opportunities to win, uh, obviously, week 17. And now, you know, they had a few drives where it looked like they were going down to score. They did score on their first drive. They uh, right. they go up 3 nothing. so... He gets hurt in the second drive, 
Goff comes in, 11 days off of surgery, like I said, and wins. I mean, there's for all the naysayers to Jared Goff, that was a nails game for him. I'm, I'm glad for him that he got that win. Is he worth all that money yet? I don't really know, but safe to say he's a, he's a trooper. He's gritty, that's for sure. And looking at Cam Akers, too, Cam Akers has the second most scrimmage yards uh, by a rookie in a playoff game in the Super Bowl era with 176 rushing yards. The rookie's done a great job in a, in a crowded backfield. You know, uh, middle of the season, we were looking at this. Is, is it Henderson? Is it Akers? Who is the running back in L.A.? And clearly, you know, Akers starting to run away with it. I was proud to see finally that backfield figuring it out. After weeks of, you know, the, the revolving door of Malcolm Brown's going to start, Henderson's going to start, Akers is going to start, and whoever will fill in behind them. I want to see Akers get the touches. He was drafted high enough to get that that spot. I don't think Henderson and Malcolm Brown bring nearly as much as he does, as shown from this past weekend. I'm finally glad to see them figure out the backfield. And I've said for weeks on this show, they need to figure out the backfield and they can be a consistent team. Here they are, a big win in Seattle, seemingly hanging on by a threat. Right, and now the Rams will travel to Green Bay to face on the number one uh, Green Bay Packers at Arrowhead. It's going to be a tough game for them. Hopefully uh, Aaron Donald's back and healthy. Jared Goff, hopefully that thumb can get a little bit better. Um, it's going to be a tough game, like we said. But now the Rams, 2-0 and all time against the Seahawks uh, in the playoffs. Surprising. I mean, all the stats, Russell Wilson, I believe, had been, he was 5-0 and in his last five games at home. Easy enough, so. Russell Wilson fell off the face of the earth after all the uh, MVP chatter in the middle of the season. Now, you, you have to think, though, is Pete Carroll an actual good coach? Is he, though? I'd say so. I mean, 30-20, to 20, the Seahawks were noticeably absent the second half of the season. You can't blame it all on Russell Wilson. I mean, this. I mean, he also has a terrible offensive line. His defense is in the middle, and you're right. You can't blame it all on Russell Wilson. But they got receivers. They got weapons on offense. They just don't move the football. They don't move it whatsoever. They don't. They don't. They have. I don't know. They have. They have everything they need. Offensive line is not there, and he has a terrible defense. I think Pete Carroll has been blessed with having great corner pieces on defense in his years in Seattle and having Russell Wilson amongst other revolving pieces on the offense, never seemingly putting together a great offensive line, but there's only so much time where you can blame it on Russell Wilson. He's your guy. Pete Carroll, what has he done besides, well, obviously, excuse me, he's gotten that Super Bowl. Other than that, I mean, come on. At what point are you going to justify this for not blaming it on Pete Carroll. There's definitely some um, examination to be done in Seattle right now. As you look at it, you know, who's the problem here? Is it the defense? Uh, I mean, you bring in you bring in Jamal Adams, and he just blitzed the whole time. You bring him to be a better secondary player. He's just not a secondary player. Call him Blitz Boy for a reason. Is it the defense? Is it the offensive line? Is it Pete Carroll now that you're throwing it out there? Who is the problem? Because you have the talent around you, you just cannot piece it together. Who is the problem in Seattle? There's going to be a lot of uh, examination to be done there at this offseason. 
now seemingly the Jets are laughing to the bank with their trade for Jamal Adams. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. You and know, next them, getting, to, them getting in return what they got for Jamal Adams to get embarrassed. Wild card round. To get embarrassed in the secondary. You know, he makes plays uh, in the in the opponent's backfield, but in the secondary, not so much. Nope. Uh, Next, next up, we'll look at number five, Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeating the number four Washington football team, 31-23. to Tom Brady now has the same amount of wins against NFC teams in the playoffs that Drew Brees does. Let that sit for a second. Tom Brady, who played in the AFC for 20 years, has the same amount of wins over an NFC team that Drew Brees does in the playoffs. I mean, very interesting fact for you to bring up. My big point is that the Tampa Bay offensive line, notably right guard number 62, Ted Larson, friend of the program, and that offensive line altogether, made Leonard Fournette look like Herschel Walker. I mean, 93 yards and a touchdown. This is the guy who was cut, the franchise guy who was cut in Jacksonville for an undrafted rookie to gamble. A guy who was running around with $100 bills on his back. Yes, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, 93 yards and a touchdown. Seemingly one of the best games he's had all year besides getting touches in the red zone, getting touchdowns there. But a couple weeks ago, I said the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on a ride to the Super Bowl like new weather. They get an easy win in Washington football team. Yes, they kept it close. I mean, you knew what was going to happen. They're going to New Orleans, hardest thing to do is beat a team three times. I don't think they – actually, I might be wrong there. I think Tampa might have beat them at, at one point there. No, nope. no, they're, uh, they are they are 0-2. Week one, Tampa Bay held the lead for the first half. They lost, and they got embarrassed on that Sunday night game early, uh, later in the season. So oh, that, how could I forget? Yeah, how could I forget? Excuse me. The hardest thing to do, again, is beat a team three times in one season. New Orleans Saints luck have run out. They can pray all they want because they're Saints, whoever they believe in. It's not going to happen a third time on touchdown Tommy's watch. No, and the Saints love to make embarrassing or dramatic exits out of the playoffs every year. I mean, Drew Brees, the guy's for as long as he's been in the league, six playoff wins. Six. Yes, fortunately, he does have his ring. But to my point, I mean, six playoff wins for Drew Brees. I mean, how many? To Tom Brady's 31. Tom Brady has, what, five times as many. So, I mean, am I really worried about Tampa Bay going into New Orleans with no people in the Superdome? I mean, come on. Give me a break. Who cares? Right. And um, great game from Taylor Haneke. We got to give some shout-outs in this game. First and foremost, Ted Larson, friend of the program, Getting in, throwing some awesome blocks. Great game from Ted in relief. Um, Taylor Heineke, Washington football quarterback, day of, finds out that Alex Smith is not playing due to a calf injury. He comes in and just gives it his all. Really, really showed us a lot. You know, finishing 26 of 44, 306 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. He even injured his rotator cuff or something and continued to play through it so uh shout out to taylor heineke what a great game from him uh he also surpassed joe theisman for the most rush yards by a washington quarterback in a playoff game in the super bowl era so 
Good game from Taylor Heineke. Good game from Taylor Heineke. I'm not ready to put him in the Hall of Fame, much like Tony Dunn. No, was, no. But, <laughs> no, I mean, certainly me not. Tariko and Tony Dungy in the booth is literally listening to one of those calm apps where they read you a bedtime story. Just ready for bed right away. It's like nails on a chalkboard. Oh, it's terrible. Tony Dungy is just, he's, for his ultimate hatred of Tom Brady, it's, it's, it's terrible. He's terrible on the mic. Yeah, I like him on the pregame show on Football Night in America. He's good in Football Night in America because he kind of gives a good insight. He's made to pick the wrong team in the booth. In, in, I mean, in the, on the desk. Studio, on the desk, in the studio. Right. But, yeah, uh, yeah, not too hot from them. At least, thankfully, we got Alan Chris last night for the Browns-Steelers game. We'll segue into that. We'll save the best for last, which is the Bears and Saints. But we'll, we'll talk about this Browns-Steelers first. Cleveland Browns, first playoff win since 1994 with their 48-37 victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cleveland, what a job by them. Jumping out to a 21-28-0 lead right off the jump. It reminded me of this uh, the Seattle Seahawks and Denver Broncos Super Bowl. The Mike Pouncey snapping the ball over Ben Roethlisberger head. Peyton Manning having the ball go over his head to go into the end zone. And the Seahawks kind of score the touchdown. They go on all that momentum. They never looked back. And that's kind of what the Browns were. You know, they score that touchdown. Mike Pouncey snaps it over Ben Roethlisberger's head. Browns recover in the end zone for a touchdown. And they just never looked back. The Browns is the Browns. As Juju Smith-Schuster had said earlier in the week, boy, did that come back to bite him. This game was never really close, I'd say. I mean, yeah, it was an 11-point game all said and done. It was a little closer getting in the ha- after the half. It was never a close game. I mean, let's be real. Cleveland, like you said, 28-zip first quarter for them. And it was all but over after that. Big Ben obviously throwing for the ball. He threw the ball 68 times. 68, 501 yards, four touchdowns, four interceptions. Ultimately, he was shown crying on the bench after the game was over. Whether ben Sad is sad. Whether or not ben Pouncey is sad. Whether or not he's done in Pittsburgh or whether or not he believes he was the the root of why they lost that game, I don't know. I see Ben coming back, to be honest. I mean, let's be real. But the Browns is the Browns. Good for them. Ben Roethlisberger is the first player in NFL history with four-plus passing touchdowns and four-plus interceptions in a playoff game. He's also the first player since Tom Brady to throw for 500-plus yards in a playoff game and lose, as Tom Brady did that against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Poor Ben, though. Breaks your heart looking at him and Pouncey and Juju on the sideline. Not as much Juju because that guy's hard to respect after all this logo dancing. The Browns is still the Browns. They the Browns and then to get walked by them. Um, it's also dancing. This is another thing I want to bring up. Juju Smith-Schuster in a double-digit game in the fourth quarter of a wild-card game, he was dancing in the slot. Are you kidding Can't me? Have that. Can't Are have you that. Kidding? How could you possibly respect this guy? He was dancing in the slot, and your team is down in a wild card game, getting embarrassed the whole night, and you're dancing in the slot? Are you kidding me? And then you got Chase Claypool catching a touchdown, and he slams the ball on the ground. Good for you, buddy. You're still going home. Just hand the ball to the ref and get back in the huddle. What the hell? Big Ben must look at this team like they are a bunch of jokes. 
Like, why is the why are these guys always dancing? <laughs> Big Ben's here. He's old school. I mean, the guy's here. He's been to two Super Bowls. He's won two Super Bowls. He's been to three, one, two. He must be like, what the hell is up with these guys? Why is he in the slot dancing? Why is he doing that? That makes I mean, no sense whatsoever. And it's frustrating. It really is. If the logo dancing wasn't frustrating enough, which we saw the Bengals, of all teams, the Cincinnati Bengals dropped revenge on him by absolutely annihilating him, lighting up, embarrassing him on Monday Night Football. If that's not enough to just humble yourself, why are you dancing in the slot? This guy just frustrates me. And and for the record, I don't care how good he is because he's not good. He's like the he's the equivalent of Andrew Benatendi. You know, for our New England listeners, you guys will understand this. Andrew Benatendi hasn't done anything since his rookie year. Anything. But because of his name, because of how he is off the field, in terms of Andrew Benatendi, because people think he's attractive man, that is that is why he's still like, oh, it's Andrew Benatendi. He's still good. No, Juju and Andrew Benatendi both suck. They both suck. Enough. Like, enough is enough. And no matter what, I don't want to see this guy even close to New England. Keep him in Pittsburgh and let him rot with the rest of the Steelers franchise. All right, I'm done. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. Would I put you to sleep there? That was a lot. No, I, I'm just – I'm tired in general. But that kind of – I think that kind of knocked the uh, the yawn out. I mean, it woke me up there. But, yeah, Big Ben, you got to feel for him. I mean, the, the cast of characters he's, he's had to deal with in the past few years. Over in Pittsburgh on the offensive end of the ball. Cleveland going to Kansas City. Yeah, I think you can just about wrap that one up there. And lastly, I mean, if, if I mean, I'll, we'll elaborate on this later in the week. But if Ben Roethlisberger throws for 501 yards and four touchdowns, Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for like a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. <laughs> if that's, that, that's, that's analytics, just, right? I mean, yeah, that's is that nice. analytics or not? That is just numbers. That is that's numbers. numbers right that is just numbers to a T. I mean, Absolutely. if Roethlisberger does this, and Mahomes is going to put up a thousand yards. No kidding. That's just numbers. That's how numbers operate. That's how they work. There's a reason no I almost failed uh, statistics. No, I oh no, Alex helped me through to statistics. I almost failed calculus or whatever it was. I didn't oh, take calculus. I, I, I passed. You took calculus. Statistics. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I took, took calculus for about two weeks and said, this is way too hard. I'm going to take the easy route. And I went into stats and helped you pass. So if I didn't drop down from calculus, you wouldn't have passed statistics. Well, the pandemic would have helped me at the end there, too. I don't know if anyone was getting held back after the pandemic, well, especially yeah, if you're true. a senior. They're kind of just passing you through the door there. Yeah, Carry on. As, as we later figured out, we only needed to do three out of eight weeks of work to pass. So I'd assume if you did like five out of the eight and you didn't pass any other classes senior year, you would have been fine. So I, long story short, I think I would have been fine. Alex, I'm not discrediting you in whatsoever. Thank you so much for the help. How can I ever repay you? How can I ever repay you? That's something we'll have to talk about later on. Yeah, but you bastard. Anyway, the main event, everyone clamoring around the nation. Twitter was jumping for this one. The first NFL wildcard game on Nickelodeon. Very underwhelming. The New Orleans Saints defeat the Chicago Bears 21-9, in which Mitch Trubisky received the MVP. Yes, the Nickelodeon valuable player. Uh, I'm not so sure if he ever received the trophy, 
if it made it back on the plane to Chicago with him, he threw for 199 yards and a touchdown. The Saints obviously facing the Bucks next weekend at home. I mean, where do we start with this one? I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because the game was terrible. This, they couldn't have picked a worse game. We'll to talk more about the broadcast, most likely. But um, this game had it all, Alex. Uh, a bad beat. For the plus 11 Chicago Bears betters, bad beats. Uh, fewest points allowed in playoff game history uh, for the Saints. Uh, it had slime. It had favorite ice cream flavors. It had F-bombs. It had everything. It, had, it was great. On this, and on the CBS. It had everything but offense. There was no less than three just the tip mentions from Tony and Jim there. I don't I, know if I, you I ever switched over to the CBS oh, broadcast. I did real quick because – the. The girl in the booth there, uh, her name was Gabby something. Look, you know, she never. She said before the the game, she'd never uh, had any clue about football. And you knew in the first drive, when the first drive, uh, the Saints punch. She goes, "Oh, there it goes, way up in the air." What? It's a punt. Yes, it's gonna go way up in the air. Where, where do you want it to go? And then she was asking Nate Burleson, "What would happen if he has to pee in the middle of the game?" I was like, are you kidding me? What happens if you have to pee in the middle of the game? They go to the damn bathroom, Gabby. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) What do you think happens? Like, what do you think? He was going to give you some elaborate answer? They go to the damn bathroom. Just like if you have to go to the bathroom and you're on a show. You go to the damn bathroom. There's nothing complicated to this. And you know what? And I, I, you know, she did a great job considering she'd never done any on-air stuff. You know, they throw her in there with uh, what's Iron Eagle's son there? Uh, Little Eagle. I don't know his name. <laughs> Little Eagle. Yeah, they throw him in there with Little Eagle. Little Eagle, who's a radio guy, who was very obvious that this guy's a radio guy. Little Eagle. You could tell Nate Burleson. That's another guy who just belongs to the desk. He, she goes. Uh, let's see. She goes, whoa, I, I wrote these down to Alex yesterday. I'm reading these off this. Whoa, all the way up in the air as the ball gets punted in the air. This is all in the first two drives. Then the Bears take over. Did you know David Montgomery's favorite ice cream flavor is vanilla? No, and I can go the rest of my my life not knowing that, and I wouldn't give a shit. Um, and she goes, what if players have to use the bathroom in the middle of the play? God, Gabby, what do you think happens? What do you think? What do you think? They can just go right there? I mean, some players do it, yes. And then Nate Nate Burleson goes on to say that, you know, they can go into the locker room or there's a little outhouse thing that's sanitary. He made sure to mention it was sanitary. Um, but just, like, the questions I was hearing, I was like, come on. Like, like are you, do you have the brain of a cartoon character? Or, like, what is up with you? Why are you asking want, this question? I want to also add that Eagle Jr. Uh, Eagle. In the, at the very beginning of the game. That's bird. That, we'll call him Bird. Big Bird said at the beginning of the game that Drew Brees is the kid at recess that can do everything. No, now he said Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. That, that <laughs> quote may also sound familiar because he also said the same thing about Taysom Hill. Said it about Drew Brees, too. Yes. Oh, at I, the I, very beginning I, of the game, that's what he said. I know. Um, when some uh, Taysom Hill got a little shaken up on the sideline after a run, he goes, Nate Burleson goes, it's just like at recess. You scrape your knee, you just keep playing. 
I'm just glad there was no like gruesome injuries. Like oh, what I the hell? We had to those kids. That had that had we to be have have another, another friend of the program. Another friend of the program, Cordero Patterson, dropping not a nice the for the half. Not for the kids. Come on, man. It's a kids show, Cordero. It's a kids show. God damn it. Kids show. What are you doing? Kids show. But hey, it, it had everything. You know the the cheesy effects. That like when they like made Kamar run fast, like out of replay, they put like smoke coming out of his feet, whatever the hell that was. It had slime, but nobody got slimed. Like Sean Payton got slimed after the game, but like why didn't like somebody just slime Sean Payton? Like I would have paid good money to see Cameron Jordan and like Alvin Kamara just take a big bucket of slime and dump it all over Sean Payton. He probably so, would have liked are- it too. I mean, Sean Payton's a cool dude. For anyone, and, and let me add, if you are, if you've ever been slimed, don't you worry about what's in that COVID vaccine. Don't you worry. They were saying some vanilla extract and stuff yesterday. No, if you've been slimed, don't you worry about that COVID vaccine. Uh uh uh. <laughs> so basically, if you didn't catch the broadcast, it was everything you would have thought a football broadcast would have been on Nickelodeon and more. Right. The first thing I saw when I flip it on is Drew Brees and Sandy Cheeks' helmet. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yep, that was it. So the Saints, more importantly, will face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next week. In round three. Tampa, Tampa is primed, like I said. I think they're due for a win. I mean, it's the hardest thing to do in sports is beat a team three times. Chicago going home. Who knows what's going on with them? Will Mitch Trubisky resigned. Who knows? I think Justin the quarterback search. I think the quarterback search has to be underway now. You know, only putting up nine points in the playoff game. None of these guys. Trubisky played well down the stretch, but uh, the question is, is is he Nagy's guy moving forward? This is Matt Nagy's team. Will he be Nagy's guy is the thing to think about. Um, Mitchell Trubisky is somebody I wouldn't mind in a Patriots uniform, something we might – uh, tease for a later episode, but something I certainly wouldn't mind. But uh, Alex, real quick before we wrap it up, Board of Governors for the NBA PA, uh, MBPA rather, are having a meeting tonight, possibly discussing uh, how to continue the season. As yesterday, we had the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics game postponed, and today we had the Dallas Mavericks game postponed this morning. Um, could be talking about what's going on. Yesterday, had no plans on pausing the season, even for a week, among the spike of COVID-19 cases. We'll see if that's still the case tonight. Um, I have a trouble to see them going to the bubble again, though. I love the bubble as a fan. I couldn't imagine what it was like to be a player, uh, especially if you're going for this long. I think anyone calling for the bubble, I don't think you're going to see it. But um, we'll see what they uh, we'll see what they come up with. It's just kind of weird to me, you know, the new uh, the NFL. You know, they have 70 guys, 70-plus guys on each sideline, and they didn't have to post – they had to postpone games. They didn't have to cancel any games. And now the NBA is getting hit like a rock. Like You, took the, word, you, you took the words right out of my mouth, really. How are they having such a problem? I don't get it. I really don't. I mean, the NFL, they made, they made their – you know, they had their, their ways around figuring everything out. You know, obviously the Denver game is the one that comes to mind. Kendall Hinton. Everyone remembers the Kendall Hinton game, whatever that guy's name was. Kendall uh, Hinton, yep. Kendall Hinton, I was right. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the NBA's issue is, really. I mean, maybe it's just bad luck, bad fortune. But other than that, they shouldn't be having these many issues. I mean, 
is it a bad break? Maybe bad luck. Yeah, obviously them canceling now this or postponing two of the Celtics games already. Yeah, they're they're not going to play tomorrow either. And if they do, they will be without the likes of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker set to come back. He's the it was only Kemba Walker and Romeo Langford. Uh, the rest of the injury report had been exposed to COVID or had COVID and was in health and safety protocols. You know, Alex, that's a thing to think. Are their health and safety too, uh, protocols too harsh? Is it that? I don't know. You know, it, and it's tough to say, are they too harsh? Because obviously this is nothing to play with. Um, it's just, it's just kind of interesting that, you know, the NFL kind of went this long, really had just a couple of hiccups considering you have all those guys on the sideline to think, you know, you didn't really, it wasn't that bad for the NFL. You know, you had scares like the Titans and like the Ravens. Nothing got canceled. Playoffs are still held, and you had fans in the stands in some cases. But, again, kind of gives us a nice segue into our traditional way to wrap it up here. Um, Cases are rising, obviously. Alex, glad to see you're feeling better. Glad to see you uh, looking alive here as I look at you through a TV uh, computer screen. Cases are rising, as Alex gives me a nice little smile. Uh, Cases are rising. Uh, So be sure, Alex, go ahead. You can return to saying your favorite words. Over the ears, over the nose, and the mouth, even though I'm technically immune for the next coming months. But that's okay. I'm still going to play it safe. I'm going to still follow all health and safety protocols, wherever I may be, whatever state it might be. Unless we're in the studio, because I'd like to get some antibodies, if possible, maybe, maybe, is that how it works, if we're breathing the same air, I'm immune, I I don't don't know how this works, I don't think they know how it works. We're going back to Connecticut towards the end of this week, we might just get one room and I might share a bed with you so I can get all my antibodies to you. I'm in, man, they, Comfort Inn Suites right over in East Hartford, king-size bed. Great rates, fitness rooms open, vending machines on every floor. Check them out. Yeah, right. Not sponsored. <laughs> but anyway. All right. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at RedlineSports617. Follow us on Twitter. We're viral now on Twitter. Our we sure are viral. viral. Shout out Thanks to President Trump. Donald Trump saying, stop the count, which it could be used for any meme like ever now. But shout out to Donald Trump for that tweet. And shout out to – uh to Twitter. Pretty fascinating stuff. Really is, Alex. You can follow us there on Redline Sports. Follow Justin and I on Instagram. Follow Justin, Justin.Turpin. Follow me, Alex Jaworski underscore. Over the nose, over the ears, and the mouth. We apologize for any audio technical issues from your listening experience. We're on Skype. We're pretty limited right now. Can't seem to record any other way that technology will allow us at our immediate disposal. So we're sorry if we had any hiccups here. Going to try our best to clean it up. But other than that, we should be back in studio towards the end of this week. Justin, anything else before we uh, call it quits? Over the ears, over the nose, and the mouth. That's all I got, Alex. Couldn't have said it better myself. We'll see you all uh, later in the week. See you next time.